Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our fifth and final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 24, 2010. I'm going to try to finish this, see if we can get this in here. Uh, the rest, oh, I guess it's about eight pages. Uh, so, back to the main article that we're talking about with this particular thing. Uh, if you're taking multiple medications, the potential repercussions are even more of a, of a mystery. This is, we're back to talking about medications now. And, don't, and he says, don't even get me started on the 69 doses of 16 vaccines that children are now expected to receive from the day of birth to the age of 18. 69 different doses of different devil vaccines in, well, of different things in 16 different vaccines by the age of 18 now. And it's all so they can kill you quicker, as I have thoroughly documented in many other studies. The lies and manipulation used to sell the swine flu agenda have been exposed at every turn, from falsifying the figures to big pharma operatives driving the vaccination policies of the World Health Organization. I mean, these are the very organizations that want to see world population reduced on a massive scale. And yet, they're the ones in charge of the vaccination programs? Oh yeah, I would trust them, definitely. Yeah, they're above reproach. Um, Also, national governments are also involved. But times are changing, and despite their deceit, in fact, often because of it, when that deceit was exposed, the people were not playing dumb. Only a fraction of the H1N1 vaccine ended up making war with the human immune system as the public rejected the hype and refused to stay in line with their sleeves rolled up. Well, I, I, you know, as you well know, if you were my listener back last flu season, which started about now, we were doing all kinds of studies on the H1N1 trying to expose it. Because they were really feigning a worldwide pandemic. Um, the left government's This left governments with vast amounts of this vaccine, unused, vast amounts of taxpayers' money, was transferred from the public to Big Pharma, multi-billions of dollars, to fight the pandemic that never was. It must have been a major shock for the control system to realize how the rules of the game had changed. Ever-gathering numbers of people were not going quietly anymore. So now they're back for another go. But this time they're using the soft, uh, soft, tippy-toe approach by... Um, simply adding the swine flu vaccine to the seasonal flu shots and hope that they can gain access to our bodies while we are not paying attention. So now what they're doing is they're combining all in one shot. Don't make, um, so they're saying don't make a fuss and maybe no one will notice. The new approach which follows a recommendation by the Rothschild Rockefeller World Health Organization is based on the same principles that they are using um, in hiding the freedom-busting laws in among the fine details of other legislations, and instead of isolating the swine flu vaccine, where it can easily be identified in its own right, they have created a flu vaccine cocktail in which the swine flu component is only a part. Here's a neat story, not a neat story, but a horrific story about um, something that happened in India recently. This is just from October 13th from Dr. Mercola again. He says, nine-month-old twins in Ghazabad, India, reportedly died within minutes of receiving a measles vaccine. Minutes. Minutes. That's how bad this is. Avakia and Anika Sharma were given the vaccines at a private nursing home by Dr. Signy. Within 15 minutes, both little girls were dead. Both. You, you realize, I mean, again, if any of this ever happened in alternative medicine, I mean, they would just... 
go ape over this. But no, this this is okay. This is okay for the big pharma medical. They'll they'll just sweep this under the rug. Uh, Dr. Signy, amazingly, disappeared shortly after the incident. Oh, I wonder why. Which is still under investigation. Uh, and it was confirmed by another doctor that the health of the twins deteriorated after being administered the vaccine. The doctor had a fresh supply of the vaccine. Similar deaths have been reported in Kanpur and Lucknow, he added. In related news, Australia is having vaccine problems of its own, as officials recently confirmed that the seasonal flu vaccine, Fluvax, caused convulsions in 99 children. This is terrible. I mean, this is just horrific. This is happening. The rate of... Now, they banned it in Australia. The rate of seizures was 50 times higher than would ordinarily be expected with the vaccine. And it's already high. Further, many drug studies uh, do find risk or serious harm only to cover up or negate findings and push the drug market to push the drug to market anyway. Every drug and vaccine has risks and it's really a giant experiment to see who those risks will, will end up first impacting. And again, this is back from Dr. Mercola's report. It says, let's face it, drug companies have fiercely defended every single drug ever recalled as being safe and effective until definitively proven dead wrong, and sometimes they still wouldn't fess up to their own culpability. Drug companies are allowed to continue marketing their medications despite being caught lying, defrauding, even knowingly killing time and time again, and it's all at your, the guinea pig's, expense. Here's another one. You're being experimented on even if you're drug-free. This is the title. Unfortunately, opting out of the gigantic uncontrolled experiments is not as simple as passing on a prescription or overcount of drugs. The fact is, if you eat 70% of processed foods at your supermarket, which is typical for a lot of people, if you're eating 70% processed foods, um, you're also taking part in one of the most unethical human experiments of all time because these foods contain genetically modified ingredients. I believe what he's saying is 70% of the processed foods in the supermarkets contain genetically modified ingredients. Just about every species of animal that is offered a GMO, now listen to this, every species, just about, that is offered GMO food versus a non-GMO food will avoid the GMO food instinctively. Many times they will do this to the point, and they're not labeled, they're just in a trough. And the, and the animals know instinctively to avoid it. Many times they will do, do this to the point of starvation. The animals are smarter than we are as they have an intuitive sense of danger of these foods. Countless studies show that GM foods cause very real, very concerning health problems related to fertility, birth weight of offspring, infant mortality, even the FDA's own scientists have stated GMOs can also lead to allergies and nutritional problems, and the creation of toxins and new diseases that should, be required, that should require long-term safety studies. But the fact remains that the United States is completely unwilling to implement the precautionary principle with regards to GM foods, which is incomprehensible in light of the findings we have already had in the animal studies. Additionally, some 800 genetically engineered food applications have been submitted to the USDA. Oh, good, so they're going to make more. Yeah, because they're just trying, they're bent on killing us. Every time I go to the grocery store, it's like, you know, it's just amazing to me how many different ways... They're trying to kill us. How almost impossible it is to shop at even a good grocery store and avoid this garbage. Not um, 
Some 800 genetically engineered food applications have been submitted to the USDA, but not one single environmental impact statement has ever been prepared. So not only are human health ramifications ignored, but the entire ecosystem is being jeopardized in this giant experiment. I don't really even view it as an experiment. I view it as they know exactly what they're doing. Here's something that confirms that. Biotech industry is fond of bragging about their genetically modified crops that, quote, resist pets. Not pets, but pests. This conjures up images of insects staying away from genetically modified fields. I, I, I like the one that all these crops that are Roundup ready, where you can, pray, you can spray Roundup by Monsanto right on the crops and it doesn't kill them. And I used to use that stuff when I was a little kid in the lawn care service when I was working for my grandma and grandpa. Because I, I did that every summer. And, I mean, that stuff would kill weeds like you wouldn't believe. Now they've engineered, genetically engineered crops that they can spray Monsanto Roundup on, Roundup ready, and it doesn't kill, it'll kill the weeds around, but it won't kill the crop. That's scary. And so you get to, you know, get a nice dose of pesticides in with the, uh, with the food that you're eating. But resisting pets, pests, pets, pests is a euphemism for containing its own pesticide. When bugs take a bite of a genetically modified plant, the toxin from the plant splits open their stomach and kills them. The idea that we consume the same toxic pesticide in every bite is hardly appetizing. But the biotech companies insist that the pesticide, called BT toxin, has a history of safe use. Organic farmers, for example, have used solutions containing the natural form of this BT toxin, as a method of natural insect control. Genetic engineers simply remove the gene that produces the BT in the bacteria and insert it into the DNA of corn and cotton plants. Always messing with the DNA. They claim that the BT toxin is quickly destroyed in the stomach. And even if it survived, it won't cause reactions in humans or mammals. But studies show otherwise. Mice fed BT toxins showed significant immune responses that caused them to become sensitive to other formerly harmless compounds. This suggests BT toxins might make a person allergic to a wide range of substances. Farm workers and others have also had reactions to natural BT toxins. Uh, it goes on and on and on here. In fact, when natural BT was sprayed over areas around Vancouver in Washington State to fight gypsy moths, about 500 people reported reactions. Now thousands of agricultural workers in India exposed to GMBT cotton varieties are reporting these exact same symptoms. They don't react to natural cotton, though. The BT toxin produced in GM plants is probably more dangerous than its natural spray form. In the plants, the toxin is about three to 5,000 times more concentrated than the, than the spray. So in the plants, the toxin's three to 5,000 times more concentrated than the spray. And it doesn't wash off the plants like the spray does. It's built into the plants, and you eat it. And it is designed to be more toxic than the natural version. In fact, GM toxins have properties of known allergens, and it fails all three tests. Satan's just trying to, to defile and destroy God's creation every possible way that he can. So what this all boils down to. Here's more unethical experiments. We've covered drugs, GM foods, but I'm not done yet. 
Because if you drink from the municipal tap water supply, you are being experimented on. The water contains intentionally added fluoride. The United States is one of only eight countries in the entire developed world that fluoridates more than 50% of its water supply under the guise that it will reduce the incidence of dental caries in the children. Now, I already covered this earlier about the teeth. So you can go back a couple studies, or a couple parts, a few parts, and see what I said about that. Like, However, health dangers of fluoride are so numerous, they far outweigh any potential benefit to your teeth. There is practically no difference in tooth decay between fluoridated and non-fluoridated countries, yet there are concerns that fluoride may be damaging people's bones, thyroid, and IQ. Fluoride, sodium fluoride, which is a byproduct of the aluminum, aluminum industry, which is also rat poison, one of the main ingredients in rat poison, is a bone softening agent. Not a bone-hardening agent. It's a bone-softening agent. Uh, Let's go further. In 2003, the National Research Council appointed one of the most balanced and objective panels of experts that have ever, ever objectively investigated fluoride. They spent about three years studying it, determined that the current safe drinking water standard of four parts per million set by the EPA is way too high. It should be lower. It should be zero. But in the years since, the EPA has not completed a new health risk assessment. Imagine that. Fluoride is a drug. You can't get fluoride without a prescription. But you can get it in your toothpaste. Yeah, just go into your bathroom and look at the ba- your toothpaste. And it'll say on there, if it's a fluoridated toothpaste, it'll say if you swallow more than a, uh, you would normally consume when brushing your teeth, call Poison Control Center. Well, I wonder why it says that. Maybe because it's a poison. It's rat poison. I mean, it's right there on your toothpaste. I've even given you pictures of it before in some of the PDFs. I did a big study on fluoride about a month or two ago. But it's being added to the water supply on a mandatory basis at various levels. You see how insane the world is? I mean, this is just insanity we're talking about here. But it's the way it is. And and again, um, there are ways you can get it out of the water, but it's not easy. Chlorine is pretty easy. Fluoride is not easy to get out of the water. The Berkey Filters, uh, that company that sells the Berkey Filters, actually has uh, an add-on filter you can put, the gravity-fed, that they can get it out. Or you can get something like an Blue, which is an atmospheric water generator that actually makes it out of the air, thin air. But not everybody can afford that. Uh, there are filtration systems that can remove it, but you're going to have to do your homework. I, I, I'm not the be-all, end-all source of water filtration. Uh, but just you know, just research it on the internet and you'll find it. Generally, you can find a local company that specializes in, in doing that. Okay, uh, Here's another one, the mercury experiment. If you have silver amalgam dental fillings, I'm sorry to say that you too have been the subject of an ill-fated experiment. In the words of Charlie Brown, not the cartoon character. Okay, There's no Linus, Lucy, or Charlie Brown, or Pigpen. Okay? No, this is not that same Charlie Brown. In the words of Charlie Brown, the president of the World Alliance for Mercury-Free Dentistry, the mercury amalgams are a primitive, polluting, 19th century product that began when physicians were sawing off legs. I think the problem with him is he's sugarcoating it too much. Sorry, just kidding. Teasing. Anyway, the American Dental Association continues to give amalgam mercury fillings their seal of dental of approval Despite the known fact that mercury is a potent neurotoxin that can damage your brain, central nervous system, and kidneys. Now remember what we just talked about, this guy that went and he got this uh, RFID implant, kind of a bonus 
when he went to his dentist, he got a little extra. Got this nice RFID plant that where he's you know giving these pains and sounds and things like this after he went to his dentist. So here's just one other thing that adds to that: a single dental amalgam filling releases as much as 15 micrograms of mercury per day, which absorbs directly into your body. And there's no real permissible uh, lower limit. Where they say, okay, you can get up to this amount of mercury per day, it's safe. They've never really established that. Because it's so toxic, they they can't. Now, that's one filling. What if you've got a mouthful of fillings? Like a lot of people do. Do you know how much mercury you're absorbing per day? Do you know how many brain cells you're killing just from the mercury? And all the other things that goes along with mercury toxicity? Also, they put it in the vaccines too, because they want, they want to try to kill us that way. It's called thimerosal. It's a, they, they say, we have to use mercury in the vaccines because it's a preservative. We've got to use the most toxic metal on the planet in the, in the vaccines because it, it's a good preservative. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's mind-boggling how many ways they, the establishment, are trying to kill us. And it's all by design. Canada advised dentists to stop placing amalgam in children, amalgam meaning mercury fillings, in children and pregnant women in 1996, nearly 15 years ago. Denmark, Norway, and Sweden have successfully banned amalgams, but in the United States they're regarded as the gold standard of dental care. Unfortunately, once again, at the expense of your health. There are mercury-free dentists that you can, and you might want to even contact. You can go up there and uh, do a keyword search for uh, World Alliance for Mercury-Free Dentistry. World Alliance for Mercury-Free Dentistry. And this is the one that Charlie Brown has. And uh, I wonder how Snoopy and Woodstock are doing. I I love Snoopy. Anyway, sorry. I kind of got off track there. Anyway, but yeah, he's uh, he's got the Mercury-Free Dentistry thing. And they got a little video up there, if it's the same one I'm thinking of. And it shows you what Mercury does to a dendrite, which is like a brain cell in the brain, and how it just literally wilts it and destroys it like even as it gets near it what it does to your brain it's unbelievable and unfortunately it's it's what we're dealing with here here's the next thing no dis- uh, this is about cell phones no discussion of human experimentation would be complete without a mention of cell phones perhaps one of the most damaging experiments to hit modern man never before in the history have humans been surrounded by radiation and electromagnetic electromagnetic fields of the modern world, including those emitted by cell phones, some of us hold directly up to our heads for hours on end, day after day. Already, studies suggest that people who began using cell phones as teenagers may have a 400% increase in brain tumors. Now, there's a link that you can click on here in the PDF where you can see that study. Uh, 400% increase in brain tumors after 10 years. So right now, you could be increasing your risk of brain cancer by talking on a cell phone, but the damage probably won't appear until it's too late. See, there's often a delay of several years to decades between science and public policy. A time period is then critical to preventing irreversible health damage. But waiting for government regulations to change is often too late. Just as smoking doesn't cause immediate signs of cancer, the latency period for brain tumors from radiation can be 10, 20, or 30 years. It's it is still too soon for most cell phone-induced brain tumors to even show up. Cell phones have been widely used for only about a decade, so we haven't hit the... I don't know about that. A decade? 
It's a little bit longer than that, but anyway. Well, maybe widely used, yeah. Uh, so we haven't even hit the tip of the iceberg yet in real um, effects of the cell phone exposure. If cell phone, if the cell phone popularity continues at its current rate, and it will, you know, or increases, we could see beheaded for brain cancer epidemic the likes of which the world has never seen, all by design. Uh, hidden risk of mobile phones. Phone giant is accused of burying warnings in small print. I just got this the other day and, and affirmed this. Mobile phone firms have been accused of concealing warnings about the health risks of using their handsets. A warning that Apple's popular iPhone should be kept at least 15 millimeters away from the body is buried deep inside the manual. BlackBerry goes even further, saying customers should use their devices hands-free or keep them an inch from the body, including the abdomen of pregnant women and the lower abdomen of teenagers. Again, this advice is hidden in the, in the instruction booklet. Other manufacturers, including Nokia and HTC, carry similar small print warnings, despite insisting that holding mobile phones against the ear or the head is harmless. Now, you ever have a, a mobile phone and it's heating up your head? Well, that's the radiation coming off the antenna, that is eventually going to cause a brain tumor. The first lawsuit that ever was filed against a cell phone company was, I believe was a woman, and the tumor was in the exact shape of the antenna on the cell phone. I've seen pictures of it. There's only one device that I know of that kind of, it doesn't negate it, but it neutralizes it and balances that radiation energy. I've got them in my phones, and I'm telling you, they work. They're called a Green 8, okay? And they're little things you put, and, and you'll get them, and you're like 30 bucks, and you'll be thinking, this is a ripoff. But I'm telling you, when I put it in my phone, my head stopped heating up when I used that. And before, it was tangible. I mean, I could feel my head heating up, and I couldn't stand it because I knew, you know, what was going on. You put one of these green eights in, at least for me, my head doesn't heat up anymore. Uh, so, let's see here. I'm just going to read you this. Here's some of the things that the green eight will do for you. It decreases uh, cell phone signal interference. You will hear your calls better with less noise. Your phone will produce less heat, less hot ear on long calls. And your battery will last slightly longer. It decreases chaotic energy emitted from the cell phone. If you experience headaches while talking on your phone, they will decrease or go away as well. Phone will emit cleaner harmonic, harmonic energy. If you experience fatigue, it may be related to EMF. Many people report relief of that as well. Green 8 also has other protection devices for larger electrical devices like Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi gives off a lot. Now, I've got, I'll be honest with you, i got the whole... I've got a lot of these, the ones that protect against Wi-Fi and whole house. Honestly, they're outrageously priced, I think. For what I mean, for what you get in the mail, you're gonna be like, what? But I'm telling you, I know for sure those cell phone things work. And if you're gonna do nothing else, at least get the cell phone one for your cell phone and your family. Uh, I give you a link here, you can go to their website and uh, I'll get those. So they're from Germany, I believe. The technology is from Germany, and it, it really does work. Okay, and then it starts out, it ends by saying, if you have taken the first step in opting out of these dangerous population-wide experiments being thrust upon Americans and much of the world, 
and you did that by getting informed. Use the knowledge as your shield to make wise choices for you and your family in regard to food, medications, technology. The more choices you make that let the government and other powers uh, know that you're not interested in being a guinea pig, such as buying only non-GMO food. Oh, I also give you a link to a non-GMO food guide in the body of this uh, PDF. Okay? And using your cell phone only in emergencies. Now listen, I understand that's that's not always practical. Okay? Uh, but if you get a green eight, I'm not saying that, that it means you should be on the phone for hours on end, but I really do believe it will help you. And uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 15, that the heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. And this is what this ministry is all about. It's trying to get you that knowledge. In other ways that we were destroyed for lack of knowledge, I'm trying to get that to you. Because, you know, I've been there. I've been destroyed for lack of knowledge before, or hurt, or these types of things. And, and now I'm trying to get out as much knowledge out to people so that they can protect themselves, guard themselves, and arm themselves, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, last article, I'm going to try to get through this. I'm really running out of time here, but it's entitled, If I Were Satan. Now, this isn't a comprehensive list. This isn't like, but I thought he brought up some good points here. He says, if I were Satan, if you were Satan and your goal was to destroy as many lives as you could, what are the two institutions you could attack that would destroy more lives than wars, natural disasters combined? Here's what I would do. Phase one, medicine. If I were Satan, I would capture the medical industry and make it mine. For what other man's institutions could potentially inflict more harm. I would infiltrate medical colleges and teach students to treat diseases and symptoms rather than teach them how to heal the body. See, we have a system of disease care. Okay, It's, it's about letting the disease manifest and fester, and then as it manifests and festers, then it's about treating the symptoms of the disease, which makes the underlying disease typically get worse, plus then you get hooked on their meds. Then you get to a point where you eventually become a surgical candidate. Then they make money off you there. It's not about preventing anything. It's about perpetuating disease because in that way, through medications and through diseases, this is called reoccurring revenue. And they can make money over... And remember, the love of money is the root of all evil. So, uh, let's see here. I would teach medical students that chronic disease is the result of natural manifestation. In other words, you know, it's just going to happen. It's just genetic. You can't do anything about it. And then disclaim any correlation between disease and what and what puts in one's, disclaim any correlation between disease in what one puts in one's body and in one's spiritual state of being. In other words, you know, you eat whatever you want. You can eat like garbage. It, that has no correlation on if you're going to get a disease. Oh, okay. Well, th that would be like saying I could put 50 octane gas in my car and it's going to run just great. It won't run right. Well, if you put garbage in your body, how's it going to run right? We would never think about doing that to our car, but we do it to our bodies all the time. Now, one of the things I will suggest that you can do is if you're going to go out and you know you're going to eat, a, let's say, a bad meal or something, you can go and get, uh, Standard Process makes a product called Colacol 2, or you can also get bentonite clay. And you can actually consume this stuff, and it will bind up the toxins. It's amazing for food poisoning. Uh, not to mention activated charcoal is amazing for food poisoning, but you got to get it at the very beginning. But what that will do is bind up a lot of the toxins and the bad stuff. Also, fiber has a tendency to do that. So there's you could do fiber 
at the start of a meal. It, it'll knock your appetite down. It'll also bind up a lot of the toxins. It'll bind up a lot of the, if, you, if there's trans fats and things like that, it'll bind that up. Um, also using digestive aids, like a good, um, like, well, apple cider vinegar, like I mentioned earlier, or Zypan from Standard Process, those are good. Um, cleansing, doing an ongoing gallbladder liver cleansing is good as well. Cruciferous vegetables are very good. Green leafy vegetables are very good for that as well. Keeping the liver clean. Anyway, let's go further. Uh, I would create chemical drugs with lethal side effects and tell medical students that they must only use my drugs to treat their patients' disease symptoms. I would tell students the natural substances can be harmful to the body and should not be used or trusted for the treatment of the sick, even though that's the way it's been done since antiquity. Uh, I would find greedy men who could care less about the well-being of people, set up a drug enterprise designed to keep people sick people sick. Why? They want to control the people, Right? I would advertise my drugs on TV so people would ask their doctors to prescribe them to them. I would take body conditions like acid reflux, hormonal imbalance, sinus infections, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, osteoporosis, diabetes, and make them and label them a disease. That way I could use more drugs. See, they'll label a lot of, a lot of things diseases. And if you have a disease, well, hey, what can I do about it? I just got to take drugs. You know, and all those things that I just mentioned are you can, you can deal with those nutritionally, supplementally, or through your diet. Okay, but they'll say, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. It's, it's not going to help you. You've got to have the drugs. It's as though you have a deficiency of these drugs. It's like saying, like, when you get a headache, I have a Tylenol deficiency in my bloodstream. It's, it's, it's insane, but that's the way we act. A lot of people act. And then he says, I would use clever, I would be clever when using medical terms so people will begin to believe their body cannot be trusted. I would use terms like heart attack, spastic colon, and kidney failure. Next, I would mislead patients into believing they have a disease discovered through diagnosis, when in truth all they received is a specific diagnosis with a name. This will make it sound like the doctor has found a disease and people can be diagnosed just in time to take a new drug um, that I give them for the rest of their life. And then they'll also have to take more drugs to counteract the side effects that drug produces. Never ends. Next, I would use man's government to protect my medical interests in drug industry. I would set up the Food and Drug Administration and use it to deny citizens any form of real healing. I would use the FDA to my advantage by making it unlawful for anyone to make health claims without scientific proof. Of course, I would also control the researchers and medical doctors who publish the results of this research so results are kept in my favor. I would refuse my agents to investigate any claims that suggest a correlation between vaccines and disease and death rates. I think he did a pretty good job. Phase two, what else would I do? I would go after the church. If I were Satan, I would fill the pulpits with pastors who teach that God is no longer heals the sick. Um, Like people uh, read, read about in the Bible, I would also have these pastors teach that healing must be instantaneous to be called a miracle. Now this is just one aspect of this, okay? And, I'm, and again, I'm running out of time here, but this is just one aspect of this thing. There's a lot of other things I think you could have added in, in other words. I would put the fear of persecution and public ridicule in the hearts of church leaders. Were they to teach that God actively intervenes in the physical world, or that there were natural remedies that have any merit? Now, I had a pastor at a Baptist church I went to. Wonderful man of God. I loved him. But he had cancer. So he came to me. He was already doing chemo. He had been doing radiation, I think he was doing chemo. I forget which one it was. Anyway, I put him on a protocol for cancer, which I had tremendous results with. And 
he was actually grew his hair back like during chemo. He had lost it. He actually grew it back. And when they checked him after it was done, he was great. And so, but you know what? He was incredibly reluctant to say anything from the pulpit about anything natural helping him. It was almost as though he would be labeled or ridiculed. You'd think it'd be the other way around. But this is how brainwashed people are. And so then he got the cancer back. He went off the protocol. And about, I don't know how, it was like years later, he ended up getting it back. Well, if you keep doing the same things that got you cancer in the first place and you stop taking any alternative medicine, most likely it's going to come back. Well, it did. Put him on the protocol again. He got rid of it. Clean bill of health. And then he went off it again. And then it came back, and this time it was really bad after, after he had been good for a while. But that time it got him, and he never even asked for the nutrients back. It's almost like, you know, I, I've seen this so many times with patients. It's so frustrating. I had a lady in another church. Her name was Fiore. And, I mean, she had terminal cancer. Came to me and said that they told me to go home. Hope Hospice is your next stop. You're going to die. There's nothing we can do. You're beyond chemo. You're beyond radiation. She said, can you help me? I'm like, oh, I'll try. Gave her a protocol. This is like the first cancer case I ever had. And now I'm telling you right now, though, cancer is way harder to treat now than it was back in, like, that was like 1997 or 8. There, it's way harder to treat now. Not as easy. Back then I got spoiled because every cancer case that would come to me, of course, I can't ever say I'm treating the cancer because only the, the people with the white coats and the magic prescription pads can do that. And again, I'm not seeing new patients right now as it is, but they are the only ones that can treat anything. Well, I went and I basically uh, put her on a protocol, and I said, you know, if the body's capable of healing itself, I'm going to try to give you the right nutrients. Well, like a year goes by. She should have been dead a long time ago, according to the MDs. Well, I get a call from her. She's all sad. And I'm like, Fury, what's wrong? She's like, well... I just went to my doctor. She was um, a, she was Jewish and she was a converted believer. Could never get her to stop wearing that hexagram. Though. Oh my word! Anyway, uh, and I said, "What's wrong?" I said, "Did you get did you get the MRI?" I kept trying to get her to get an MRI because she had an MRI, and I mean, she was so full of cancer before it was like she was icing her liver down at night because she was so inflamed, and just bloated and full of cancer. Put her on a protocol. All that went away. She's good. She goes and gets an MRI. I said, well, how'd the MRI turn out? It's like a year later. She's like, oh, they didn't find anything. It's all gone. It's all cancer. So what are you mad about? What are you upset about? You're depressed. She's like, well, they told me maybe it was just all in my head. <laughs> I said, they were the ones that showed you the MRIs before of a definitive diagnosis, they were the ones that told you to go home and die. Hope Hospice was your next stop. That you were beyond chemo and radiation. They had all the tests to prove it. And now, because they stopped treating you and they can't take credit, and I had given you a natural protocol, because they can't take credit for that or explain it, they said it's all in your head? What an abomination. I just try to do what, just use what God put here. That's all I try to do. I'm not trying to get glory to myself. God's God's the one that put these things here. He's the one that put natural remedies here. Now, I'm not saying God can't heal people. I'm not saying that at all. 
Okay? Because he can. But, you know, if we are willingly putting garbage in our body year after year after year, there, you reap what you sow. You know? So, anyway, I just wanted to throw that in. I'm really getting low on time here. Uh, this is back to this article. I would put fear of persecution... Okay, we already said that. Over time, there will be very little knowledge, knowledgeable and effective spiritual resistance to my induced sicknesses and diseases. I'm telling you, uh, one of the most brainwashed sects of society that I have ever dealt with when it comes to the medical is the church. You, I mean, how many people in the church are on psychoactive drugs? Mind-altering, taking it for depression. These are drugs that literally have a demonic component. This is pharmakia, which is where we get the root word for sorcery. And they're addicted to them. I've helped people get off those. But you don't ever go off something like that cold turkey. Now, I'm not saying God couldn't help you go off a cold turkey. If you had a mandate from God to do it. But there's brain chemistry that's being altered with those drugs. Not to mention the demonic component. And it's not something that you just in the flesh want to come off cold turkey. Okay? So, but it's just, it's just insane what's going on in the churches. Uh, people will come to put more faith in medical knowledge than in the knowledge of God or in any kind of alternative health care. And I, and I will admit that most alternative health care is filled with new age. And that's all by Satan's design as well. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. I wish it wasn't this complicated. Again, wouldn't it be nice if we're in heaven? And all this garbage we have to deal with, and all this complication of things. I mean, oh my word, it'll be praise the Lord. So anyway, in this way I can kill millions of people because most people are raised up to respect the word and advice of medical doctors and preachers. If I were Satan and wanted to destroy as many lives as I could, this is what I would do and how I would do it. Great point. We, I'm going to have to close out here in a quick word of prayer because we are almost totally out of time. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us, Lord. We praise you for your goodness and your mercy, all that you've uh, all you've done for us, Lord God, for the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, the food that we eat, the, the shelter that you've given us, Lord. I pray, Lord God, for the body of Christ, those that don't have these basic necessities, and for the, the widows and the orphans and the poor and the babies and the unborn babies, Lord. The blood of Jesus Christ be over them, Lord. I pray your angels would encamp around about them, around about the body of Christ, the remnant. Lord, those that will be saved, Lord, as you know the beginning from the end, Lord, I do pray that you draw them to you, that your fear would be upon us and against our enemies and, and, and on this sin-sick world, Lord, and that wickedness would not be able to, to uh, prosper in the lives of these people that I have mentioned, that, that we would be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And we ask all these things for your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.